full of energy. I'm full of passion and I'm smart. I read, I listen to the market. I know the numbers. I know my numbers. So I am able to really create a compelling story. This is Dave Steinberg. Welcome to the Mortgage is Made Easy podcast. We are blessed to have Lisa Burrell Matt as our guest today. Lisa is with uh, Berkshire Hathaway in um, West Hartford, Connecticut, and she is um, she's a friend of a friend. We really haven't met before, but so many people around the country have told me that Lisa is amazing that I, I just had to have her on. Um, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me here. And the first thing I see as, as I look at you, I see over your shoulder the, the uh, flag, the American flag. And it's, I bet there's a story about that. There is a wonderful story because it was um, for my dad. So my dad uh, passed in 2008, just this incredible attorney uh, who people used to say to me, if your dad actually charged for all the work that he did, he would die a multi-multi-millionaire. But I took out a lot of my dad in me and it was always, it's not about the money. It's about really serving the community and helping people. So I'm definitely my dad's girl. And that's mm -hmm. the flag in honor of my dad who served um, in the war as a sergeant. And uh, again, just was an incredible human being. Where did he serve? Uh, he was in Japan. Mm. And he was taken out of high school just shortly before he could graduate and uh, shipped off and served there. And when he got out of school, he, um, when, I'm sorry, when he got out of the service, he went back and went to law school and got his law degree. So he had a lot of stories, a lot of incredible pictures of people that he saw along the way. And I and we've been talking now for a couple of weeks. And what I what I sense is that you have that service mentality that you just referred to about your dad. And um, boy, I, I, I anyone who's buying in West Hartford um, or that area of Connecticut would be blessed to have you at, on their team. Uh, what are you seeing today in the market? What's happening in central Connecticut? It's an interesting question. Um, we are seeing a lot of what we saw last year. Um, we have very little, very few homes to show. And that includes single family homes and condos and multis. And when something comes on the market, we are seeing a frenzy of showings. I had a listing that I just put on and I had over 40 showings with many offers all over ask and the property is closing about 8% higher than the list price in this market. And we are still seeing a lot of cash buyers 
Interestingly enough, I thought we were seeing a lot of cash buyers probably a year, year and a half ago, because Connecticut was the best kept secret. People were coming from Texas, um, California, Arizona. And now what we're seeing is still more of the same. We're getting relos coming in who have heard about- Relos are relocation? Relocation buyers, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still a really robust market. Um, the thing that I am so hopeful for is helping the sellers understand their equity position and how much our market has increased. Um, nationally, 58%. In Connecticut, we're at about 46% as far as the, the value that people are seeing, the increase in the, in the property values. And I think many homeowners are the mindset, where am I going to go? <laughs> because there's nothing to buy. How could I possibly put my house on the market? So I think we were the best kept secret. The New York Times had run a beautiful article about Connecticut. And we just saw this influx of people who could work from home and their home became Connecticut. Mm. So I'm a seller. I've been in my home for 15 years. Tell me about why I should put my home on the market right now. Uh, Mr. Seller, I know that having been in your home for 15 years and knowing that your children are now out of the school system and you might be looking for the next place that you may wish to end up, you will never see a larger equity position in your home, I believe, than you will in 2023. While the rest of the country is seeing their markets pull back and releasing some of their gain, it is anticipated that our market is going to increase about another 6.5% this year. Mm. So you would want to get in on that and be one of the few available properties on the market and create this fear of missing out that the buyers have right now. Get yourself on the market, get the most equity out of your home and have a nice sum of money to go enjoy in your next adventure. Yeah. You know, it, what I'm hearing um, left unsaid by you, but I think it's true, is we know where the market is today, and it's a very strong market. But no one has a contract with God. No one knows whether a year from now that market will still be strong and you'll get more money or will mimic the rest of the country. Because so much of the West, for example, Arizona, uh, Nevada, um, parts of Texas are seeing huge pullbacks in prices and prices are rolling back to, let's say, at least a year worth of gains, if not more. So if you're a seller today and you're in a market, you're blessed to be in a market that is still strong, listen to Lisa because, boy, you know, this is a great market. You're going to be able to dictate the terms of your sale. And there's no telling what that would be like six months from now or a year from now. And you're going to be able to take that 
money that you get out of your home and put it some in some other market that has already seen the downturn. So mm. you take advantage of it on both sides, which is a is a real win. And you know, over 90% of all real estate transactions are a product of changes in life circumstances. So, you know, that that couple that has been in the house for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, they raise their kids, their kids are out of the home. And what they're fearing is where will I go next? But really it's an opportunity. And, you know, the opportunity is you're gonna get a great sale price in Connecticut. And depending on where you wanna move next, but you'll be able to take that and probably um, drop your living costs significantly when you make the move and then simplify your life. And if, if you're in that stage of your life, that would probably be a blessing. I think there's that piece of it, David. And the other interesting angle on this, you mentioned someone who's in their house 40 or 50 years. Someone who's been in their house 40, 50 years might be at the point in their life that their children would not want them in such a large property by themselves, just from a safety standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my senior sellers about having a say in the next part of their journey versus having it done to them. Mm. There's too many times I've watched where someone has contacted me two, three, four years ago, and now they say, we need to put our mother or our father somewhere. And those words just really are like nails on a chalkboard to me mm. versus that mother or father having had the opportunity to have input into where they go next. Plus that house that may be very dated in this market, nobody cares. People are fighting for those houses. And what I'm seeing is that people are able to negotiate the terms of their exit. So if if you, if I'm selling my home and I already have my next home lined up, you can you could negotiate a 30 day contract. Right. Uh, but if I don't have my next home lined up, you might be able to negotiate a 90 day contract or. Uh, a 60-day contract with 60 days staying in the property after I sell. And, and that means that you're creating opportunity, you're creating possibility. We are, we are absolutely seeing that. And buyers, truthfully, are saying to a seller, you can stay there free. I don't even want you to pay me. I just want you to accept my offer. And I will make it as easy for you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, as possible so that you can transition to your next place without inconvenience. Mm. What about your buyers? So you said that it's a great market if you're a seller. Now what if you're a buyer? How does that, how does that work? Um, sadly, it feels kind of ugly sometimes. Uh, I had three buyers in multiple offer situations in the last two days and all three lost. 
Mm. And they reach out to me and say, Lisa, I don't understand. I'm a cash buyer. I put no inspection contingency. I was, you know, okay. 10% over We're going to stop. We're going to stop. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. You're, you're, you're sharing, but let's go back. Because do you really want to sit here and say, buyers, you're, you're up the creek. Let, let, let's, 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 let's take the same thing, but let's, you know, it's a challenge, but as opposed to, okay, don't, don't buy now. It's just a disaster. Yeah. I'm sorry. I guess absolutely right. No, absolutely yeah. right. So Lisa, now I'm a seller. Now I'm a, let me try that again. Lisa, now I'm a buyer and I'm looking for a home in West Hartford. I want a one family home. What, what can you tell me? It's a little bit more challenging than it has been in other markets, but there are homes to look at. And I call some of these homes an opportunity where maybe there's more work to be done versus a home that's turnkey ready to go. But there's opportunities in this market, just like there are in any other market, but you have to maybe be willing to do work that you hadn't anticipated on doing because of your busy life, busy schedule. But the good news is, is I've got lots of contractors and I will refer you to contractors to help if you buy a home that needs work that you hadn't anticipated. Mm. But it's still a great market and you wanna get into this community, now's the time. Yeah, you know, and, and that's really, whether you're a buyer or a seller, I mean, working with someone like Lisa, means, first of all, you're working with someone of tremendous integrity. And, you know, there, you know, in, in many markets, there are a handful of unbelievable people who are great realtors, who are great people, and um, who are worthy of your trust. And, and, with, and with Lisa, you're getting the whole package because you're getting someone who is a market expert, you're getting somebody who really, truly understands how to represent you if you're a buyer or a seller. And you have the wisdom to, to share and the network. Because in this market, if you're going to see a home, you're not going to get 12 shots at it. You're going to be able to see the house and probably have to decide very quickly whether this is a home that you'd be interested in. And working with Lisa, I bet you have an attorney that you could refer someone to pretty quickly and a home inspector. And if the house needs some TLC, needs some work, maybe a builder would come in uh, right, after, right after the buyer saw it to give them some advice about what the cost might be to do the renovation. But you need to be working with a Lisa. And, and there are plenty of great realtors, but Lisa's one of them. You have to be working with a Lisa. You have to be working with somebody who has a passion for the real estate, who has a network, and who has integrity to give you the best advice. So we find a house, and I want to make an offer. Tell me what I need to do to be ready for that. Well, the first thing is, is we need to make sure that you are connected with a lender. 
David is somebody who can easily and quickly get us anything that we need to make a really solid offer. And I think what is important to me in someone like David is helping to speak to the selling agent, the listing agent, and getting you, the buyer, very uh, well positioned because David can speak to the merit of working with you and how solid you are as a buyer. That to me, when a lender is willing to pick up the phone and vouch for the buyer and create the scenario, it is invaluable. We need to figure out, are you a buyer that, you know, what is your um, threshold for, do I do an inspection? Don't I do an inspection? So we talk about some of the strategies that we can use in helping have your offer bubble up to the top. The other thing is, while David talked about different contractors, with permission, I've been known to bring the home inspector to another quick showing of that same property so that maybe you do feel more comfortable as a buyer giving up your inspection because you've done kind of a pre-inspection. And although there are things that need to be addressed, there's nothing overwhelming to, to make you want to walk away. So the third piece that I think is important is working with someone like me, I am well connected in the real estate community in West Hartford. I am a known name. An agent many times has said to me, your buyer got it because they're working with you. And we know that you're a businesswoman who knows what you're doing. Why would so, that be the case? Say it again. Why would that be the case? Well, it's it's the agents who negotiate and work together to make this happen. And if you come in with your boxing gloves on playing hardball, that agent will represent to their seller, this is a great offer, but this isn't the agent we want on the other side because they're going to make it difficult for us. Mm -hmm. So you need to have an agent who is well-respected, who does understand the market and who's hyper-local. They have to be known. There's so, so much again of the trust factor. Yeah. Lisa, what's your superpower as a realtor? My superpower? Well, I always used to say to people, my superpower, I am full of energy, I'm full of passion, and I'm smart. I read, I listen to the market, I know the numbers, I know my numbers. So I am able to really create a compelling story and a compelling approach to any offer when that happens. I This is, this is my jam. I love it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. 35 years into the business and I still get a thrill every time I pick up the phone and talk to a new client. It's it's a new it's a new business every time you have a new buyer and seller. Even to this day, I just started my 21st year in this incredible business. And even to this day, there are things that I have never seen. And I thought I saw it all, but never. You you're dealing with people, personalities, properties. And there's always some other little twist that hadn't come your way. And that's the fun. I loved, uh, The other thing I love to do is dig deep and do the research and be able to say to a buyer or a seller, did you know this about this property? And gather the history and oh, great stuff. 
Now, tell me if I've got this right. I understand that on the side, you coach many realtors, young agents who are just starting out in the business. Tell me about that. I do. I have coached many agents who are new to the business and not in a formal capacity where they're compensating me. I've coached them in, you've done the test, you're now a realtor, what's next? How do you start? Who do you look to? What are the basics? And it's like any other college course. You take a course, you go out and you're, I don't know, maybe a psychologist. And you read things in the book and it's the principles, but you've got to apply them. And I am so passionate about this business. I want the consumers to see us as a really professional organization. And by taking these agents under my wing and teaching them about the business, I let them shadow me. I say, come on, let's go. We're going to look at 10 houses today. And I then quiz them. What would you tell this buyer about this house? How would you have done this? Why do you think I did that? And it's just a lot of open-end questions to really get them thinking. And I can tell David who's going to be in the business a year, two years, three years from now, and who probably won't make it out of here for the next six months because they just don't have what it takes. And being where I am in my business, I always like to have somebody who I can have cover for me if I'm not there. And it's typically a very experienced agent, but wouldn't it be nice to have a newer agent and give them that opportunity to cover a top producing agent's business while they're away? And that's my hope for a lot of these new agents. And that's why I do what I do. And I bet that that's part of why you are so well regarded in, in, the West Hartford market in, in you know, I'd like to think so many so. people know you and uh, trust you and, you know, and, and so when you're working with someone like Lisa, who is, as she said, if two people make the identical offer using two different agents, it's only human nature that the realtor who's, uh, let's say representing the seller is going to pick the person they trust the most. And boy, you know, the, the integrity just shines through. Thank you. I, like I said, this is, this is what I love. You know, the other thing for people listening, people who don't know Lisa, one of the things I always like pointing out on this podcast is that imagine you're interviewing two realtors and to whether it be to sell your home or to help you buy a home and one of them is lisa and one of them is someone who is less experienced or has or who doesn't have the complete set of skills that lisa does you're going to end up paying them the same amount and Given that, you, you, you know, it, it's the decision is just so easy because you want to work with Lisa. You want to work with someone who has that integrity. And, and for a seller or a buyer, you know, the 
for a seller, the first question that many sellers ask is, what price do I put my home on the market? And, you know, so often you hear about these people who interview three agents and they go with the agent who gives them the highest number. Why is that a bad strategy? You know, I have to tell you, I will always say to a seller, I'm not buying your listing. I'm not going to give you an unrealistic number that you're going to get frustrated with me and why is my home not selling? I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of experience. I understand this market right down to the core. I also have been the agent to give the highest price out, well outside what others have given who are outside my market, who don't understand my market. And and seller will say to me, are you kidding? The other agents are X below that. And I said, I know this market, trust me. We will put this on, I will get you sold and we won't leave money on the table. Mm. So it's really understanding the numbers. It's really understanding the vibe of the market, of the community and knowing what you're selling. Mm. Interesting. And I, and I guess it's the flip on, for a buyer because the buyer is going to walk into a house that's listed at 523 and they're going to say, Lisa, am I overpaying? And you're going to say. I'm going to basically say to them, here's the data. This is what the data shows. But in this market, Mr. Buyer, I want to let you know that you need to really dig deep and understand for yourself at what price will you kick yourself when this house sells? It's listed at X. I'm telling you, if you really want this house, you're going to have to go above that, probably to this number, does that feel comfortable? It's really hard right now in this market trying to understand where's the ceiling? We haven't hit it yet. We continue to see the market appreciate. So I always say to my buyer, the decision is yours, but here are the facts. You have this. Let's use a house that there's nothing to do. There's no additional investment that you're going to make except for maybe paint. And you've got a line behind you wanting to buy this house as well. So at what price will you say, I'm okay that it went for that or shoot, I would have spent that kind of money. Why didn't I do that? So it's a little tough for the first time buyer because mm -hmm. I'm the expert, but I do leave it a little bit more open. I give them the guidance. I tell them where I think it's going to sell and then ask them, are you comfortable with that? You know, your buyers are my clients. And one of the things that I, I try to give people two pieces of advice. The first is that after you've seen two or three homes in a marketplace, you develop a vocabulary of value. And you go, okay, the first house was at 485 and it had a very small backyard. And the second place was at 460 and it needed a lot of remodeling. And this place is at 510, but boy, it really, you know, it has ABC. 
and you develop sort of like a mental vocabulary to give you a sense of, of value. Um, I just go back to my own story. I'm in my house for over 36 years, but way back when I bought it, one of the features that I valued was that my sister lived back to back with the house that I was, that I was buying. And that made it worth, oh, $10,000, $20,000 worth more to me than it might to someone else. And right. for many, many homes, that's true. It's what is this particular house worth to you? And use that as a jumping off point. All right. The second thing that I would tell you is close your, close your eyes and envision two different conversations. One where Lisa calls you up and say, congrats, you got the house. And the other where you, Lisa calls you up and say, I'm sorry, someone bid $10,000 more than you. And they got that. Um, and, you know, if that first conversation scares the bejesus out of you, then maybe you, you you know, maybe that you, you rethink your offer. But if the second one is what makes an impression, boy, just ask Lisa what to do. Because she's not going to get you, guarantee you that you win, especially in a market where there are multiple bids. But you're going to do so much better than if you wing it on your own. You know what I like about you, David? You're very collaborative in working with the agent and the buyer. And really being plugged in to the conversation in order to be able to add value from a lending standpoint. And there is value, things that I may not say that you can say, both as a very experienced lender and a person who owns a house. And I think sometimes that resonates as well with a buyer. It's a very helpful position to have when you contribute other than just I'm the lender and the money guy kind of thing. Yeah. I you like know, I, I think we come from the same place because I'm going to have lunch tomorrow, whether or not you get a mortgage with me. And I'm guessing Lisa, you're going to have, uh, you're going to do okay, whether or not someone lists with you tomorrow, but we come at it, um, with what an old mentor of mine called them, the compass. And the compass was three questions. Am I acting in the client's long-term best interest? Am I treating the client with utmost respect? And is what I'm doing in the long-term best interest of my business? And if I can say yes to those three questions, everything else is easy. And, you know, it's all about respect. I don't care if someone's buying that starter condo for $110,000 or that $2 million home. They all get the same respect. We always, you'll, you'll enjoy this. It, it usually doesn't take more than a couple of minutes into a conversation for me to say, hey, Lisa, if you were my best friend, this is what I would tell you to do. And I have the sense that, you know, th that's how you approach it. If you were my best friend, this is what I would tell you to do. And, given, and the rest is gravy. Given the age group I work with, I say, if you were my son or daughter, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I would do. And the other thing, this is my favorite line, 
when a buyer starts interviewing me, I say to them, I think you need to know this. Your buying a home with me is not going to change my life. I do not rely on your commission to pay my bills. I do not rely on your commission to go on a vacation. I am helping you purchase your single largest asset in one transaction than you will ever do. And my responsibility to you is to help you make a good buy decision with a property that later on you're going to call me and say, time to buy up or we're moving out of state. We need your help again because I've given you everything that you need to have the house to call home and you made a great decision. That's all I care about. Boy, Lisa, this has been such a pleasure. Um, again, for anyone listening, uh, our contact information is down below. Uh, I can I can say that, boy, if I were buying a house in West Hartford, you'd be the first person I would call. And um, uh, this has been an honor and a privilege. And so thank you so much for joining me on the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. Uh, reach out to either of us if you have any questions. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me as your guest. It was a real pleasure.